Happy Monday, Razorback fans. You're waking up on a Monday. It's Labor Day, so first of all, hopefully you don't have to go to work. And second of all, you can still celebrate the fact that you just beat number 23 Cincinnati in your own house to start the season. It's it's incredible. It's exciting. I mean, for Arkansas to be at this point, to have the program at this point, is incredible from where they've come from the past three years, four years, and now – you know, you open the season with a, a win over a team that was in the college football playoff last year. And there's a lot of things that happened in this game. We're going to get to that in today's episode of the Gridiron Hawks podcast with Mason Choate. That's me and Alex Trader. We're from hogbeat.com. We're going to get to all the stuff from the game. We're going to take one last look at this Arkansas-Cincinnati game, talk about the things that we saw and uh, where it went right for Arkansas, where it went wrong for Arkansas. But before we do, I want to remind you about our sponsor, It is MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur or wanting to diversify? Andy Ledecky can help you. He is a longtime Rivals member and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using his expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy and put your life and career in your own hands is 100% free. So what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. So you can call them at 404-973-9901 or email them aludecki, that's L-U-E-D-E-C-K-E, at myperfectfranchise.net or visit www.myperfectfranchise.net. This is great for people who have just some money sitting aside um, that they can afford to put this process and go into this process and then they can end up, you know, really diversifying their portfolio and helping themselves out financially. And it's, we talked to Andy about the process. It's like a nine step process. So it's very in depth. They're making sure that this is what you want and they're going to find the perfect franchise to partner you with. So go visit myperfectfranchise.net. All right, Alex, you were at the game Saturday. I was at the game Saturday. Um, I, I got to say, man, I think that, the the more I think about this game, and I, I think back about, I think back to all the plays, all the all the touchdowns, all the miscues. I think that Cincinnati lost this game more than Arkansas won the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair fair point. Um, I would also argue that Arkansas was in a position where this game really could have gotten ugly, and and we just kept seeing you know mistakes that that maybe weren't huge, but were, were little enough to the, when they were stacking up, they were keeping Cincinnati in this one, even though uh, the 14, nothing halftime score really could have been a lot bigger of a deficit. If Arkansas had stuck to the way they had played in the first half. Yeah. I think if, if you're Arkansas, uh, the the reason I say that, I think that <clears throat> Cincinnati won the game or uh, lost the game more than Arkansas won the game is because there are so many opportunities that Cincinnati had to win this game. I mean, all the penalties they had were just like they it killed them. And then also, I mean, how many times did we see Ben Bryant just overthrow a wide-open receiver for a touchdown? It was at least four or five times. I'm trying to pull up the penalties. I should know this off the top of my head. I'm sorry that I don't. Do you know the penalties off the top of your head, Alex? Uh Give me one second on that. I've got the uh, the stat broadcast pulled up, but I do want to say, you know, even you know, I was on the student or in the student section for this game, and 
that was the biggest thing that the fans were in on uh, was, you know, really getting after Ben Bryant for missing a lot of easy throws, a lot of throws that, that had Arkansas, you know, on the ropes. They were giving them up wide open. And we just weren't seeing the throws connect, which very good for Arkansas against Cincinnati, against a really good Cincinnati team. Not quite great like last season or, or even like some people were thinking heading in, but a good team that I think is a really nice test and a huge win to have as you're going into SEC play early in week two. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the, the thing, though, is that all those throws that Ben Bryant missed, you're not always going to have a quarterback, and especially next week when Spencer Rattler comes to town, you're not always going to have a quarterback who is going to overthrow those and just bail you out. And so I think that seeing how the, the cornerbacks performed and how wide open some receivers were, that that is, you know, something that you're going to have to worry about, especially with Miles Slusher and Jalen Catalan both, you know, coming out of that game with injuries. Neither one of them returned to the game. We don't know the status of their health yet. We we might find something out from Sam Pittman, Sam Pittman on Monday, but I really don't I really don't think we will. I think it'll just kind of be like a we're going to wait and see on both, you know. So um, that's unfortunate. Those are two of your most talented defensive backs, and now you're down both of them probably for the South Carolina game. And so that's that's tough for Arkansas, and you could see it. I mean, like. I've talked on this podcast about how the second half of last year, you could feel the fact that Jalen Catalan was not there on the back end. You could feel that at times in this game as well. And so I do think that offensively though, Arkansas is in good hands. Like Arkansas's offense when it, and we know this in a, in a Kendall Bryles offense that when it's ticking, it's ticking. Like it, it, when they're going, they're going really well, but also it can get really bland at times where it's just like, you know, two runs and then roll KJ out for a throw. And so I think that I don't I don't know how they pick and choose when they want to like run the cool plays and like actually move the ball down the field. Um, because I feel like it just feels like with this offense and a Kendall Bryles offense for the past year, they they can move the ball whenever they want to. And it just almost feels like at times that they just choose not to. Does that do you kind of get that, Alex? I can't understand for the life of me why why it reverted to that offense so quickly. I was sitting there with my brother and I said, Hey, I bet you ten bucks this will be a run on the opening play. And it was it was that pass to Matt Landers on the outside. I was like, oh no, are, are we seeing a different type of offense in Fayetteville? Are we seeing a high tempo, fast-paced team that's able to take advantage of its receivers that are quick and can get open in space? And then immediately it was run, run rollout pass uh, a couple yards it same old thing it works so i you can't be too too critical because it is you know like you said at times it does get humming but during those dry spells you have to pull out of it a little bit quicker in my opinion you have to make sure that, that you're keeping the defense on their toes and not letting them set up for that same cadence of plays every single set of downs yeah i i mean the thing though is is that we can sit here and talk about that happening but Arkansas averaged five yards a carry they ran for 256 yards uh let's see no 224 yards I'm looking at this box score where it has the the gain and the loss and then the net which is the real number Uh, and then they and then KJ threw for 223 yards so it's just like yes they 
there were times where the offense was just stagnant and it was boring, but they also had 450 yards total almost. And so, and they scored 31 points. So this, this Arkansas offense is going to be good. I think I mentioned it last week. I don't know if you were on this episode, Alex, but I mentioned that I think Trey Knox is going to be the X factor for Arkansas's offense this season. I mean, Trey Knox is going to be good. Uh, you didn't really see a whole lot from Matt Landers and Jaden Hazelwood, but what you did was encouraging, especially that touchdown catch by Jaden Hazelwood. And then at running back, I mean, Rocket Sanders, 100, 120, 117 yards. Is that what he had? Um, it's just, I mean, good for, Rocket, good for Rocket Sanders, good for this Arkansas team. I think that, you know, a win over a good Cincinnati team, Sam Pittman said it after the game, like he's just – he does not want to play them again. He never wants to see them again. Like that was just a tough game that you just want to get through, and Arkansas got through it, and they came out with a win, and that's the biggest thing. Now you got to get healthy going into South Carolina week. Um, South Carolina, I mean, I, I, did you watch any of the South Carolina game, Alex? No. No, saw, the, the reception at the stadium was not near good enough for me to be able to indulge in any other college football. And with the game as close as it was towards the end there, I didn't really need to. I I saw that Spencer Rattler had the worst QBR of any SEC quarterback this week. It was like a 20-something QBR. is incredible. So, I mean, that makes you feel a little bit better about, you know, are you bringing in a very talented South Carolina team? Like, they're going to be talented, but they also struggled week one and. Arkansas beat a really good Cincinnati team week one. So, I mean, that makes you feel better, right, Alex? Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, in this South Carolina game, I predicted that to be a loss in our preseason uh, preview that we did over on the site. And it was kind of a trap game for South Carolina. So they were able to take care of business, but but they were supposed to win this one. The only reason that this kind of seemed like it could have gone the other way at any point was because of, uh, media really looking too deep into it and trying to find something that wasn't necessarily there. Um, it, it, you'd like to see more than 35 if you're South Carolina against the Georgia State team that isn't, you know, Cincinnati is a top tier group of five team. Georgia State, I think it's safe to say, is not that at this point in time. So uh, definitely Arkansas is more battle tested. I do feel comfortable in their ability to get out there and win a tough game. That's always something that you're a little bit nervous about with a new team coming in. Uh, a lot of new talent, Traylon Burks leaving, is can this team get out there and get after it when the time comes for it to to really be a close one, be a pressure, pressure-packed pressure game? And, and you saw Arkansas was able to do that. Um, I don't think you've seen that same test with South Carolina, so this will be their first real look at a, a, a team of Arkansas's caliber that, that's going to be able to push them. It, it that is something that you know is going to be interesting to see is you know the newcomers on both teams Arkansas and South Carolina. The good thing is Arkansas, you return your quarterback, you return most of your O line. So I think Arkansas has the the upper hand in that one. And you know throughout the week we'll do plenty more preview of all that. We'll have some South Carolina reporters come on the show and all that stuff. So, but let's let's continue to talk about this Cincinnati game. So. Of course, in the first quarter, the big play of Dwight McGullard's 51-yard interception return. That was just incredible, and it was it was something where all of us in the press box just looked at each other, laughed, and said, of course. Because all through fall camp, the whole thing was, why is McGullard still on the third team? Why does McGullard keep playing on the third team? 
And then here comes game week, Dwight McGoldrens with the first team corners. And then even on the depth chart, he's not listed as a starter. Ladarius Bishop was listed as the starter alongside Hudson Clark. And then sure enough, here comes the Arkansas defense trotting out, and there's Dwight McLaughlin as the corner. On the first drive of Cincinnati, Dwight McLaughlin interception returns it for 51 yards. I mean, it's just like we all knew this was going to happen. And I'm not saying Dwight McLaughlin played a, a perfect game, but I think it's pretty clear that it's Hudson Clark, Dwight McLaughlin, and then the rest because Arkansas's corners behind the starters were just terrible. And the starters themselves, I mean, they they still, you know, got beat a few times. There were there were at least one or two plays where Hudson Clark got beat over the middle for like a 15, 16 yard pass. Dwight McLaughlin, he got beat a few times. But the interception by McLaughlin to set up the first touchdown, the 15 yard QB keeper by KJ Jefferson, that was huge. Yeah, it was massive. I being, you know, you saw the first couple plays and how this game was going, and you were really, really concerned about this defense if they were going to be able to hold a, a Cincinnati team that wasn't quite as explosive as last season. But you know, outside of their quarterback, this and their running back, this this team was in the college football playoff. You saw a lot of talent there, um, and, and when they started driving down the field, it, it got a little scary if you're an Arkansas fan. Uh, that interception definitely was huge, and it really was the big catalyst for, you know, I know there was two missed field goals, so that has to be taken into consideration. But that interception is the reason Cincinnati went scoreless in the first half because they were cruising for an easy touchdown that drive. And, and all that momentum kind of stopped and shifted back towards Arkansas. And you got the turnover from the defense. That's fantastic. That's incredible from McLaughlin. Um, You saw him fired up. He, being you know down close to the field, he was in the, the Cincinnati players' face every single play. He was there, you know, talking his stuff. And you were kind of expecting that from him based on what you've been hearing out of camp. Players saying he likes to talk. But then the offense was able to go and get it done and, and score off of that. So you're seeing, you know, a team that's capitalizing off of their opportunities. You don't win games if you don't do that. And you don't you definitely don't win big games if you don't do that. So that's you know, there are a lot of positive takeaways from this game, uh, in my opinion, if you're Sam Pittman, if you're this coaching staff, about the toughness and, and about the, the ability to, to execute uh, as a team. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that they were able to finish the game and they were able to, you know, in a close game, not make those mistakes that are going to lose you the game. And so – um, yeah, the, the last touchdown by Cincinnati was rough there in the fourth quarter with five minutes and 49 seconds left. But here's the thing. Arkansas was still up by a touchdown at that point, and they were able to run out the remaining five minutes and 49 seconds. That was an incredible last drive. That was the thing that a lot of um, people in the media were talking about. It was just crazy to see Arkansas do that. That's great. Sam Pittman said that you might get one of those drives a season. And so that's how like impressive that last drive was. I want to go back to the Jordan Dominic, uh, the the sack and then the fumble. He so he sacks Ben Bryant, picks up the fumble. That was a huge, huge play there in the second half. Arkansas. I mean, at times they were generating great pass rush. By the way, Drew Sanders is the real deal. Drew Sanders is incredible. I mean, every single time he goes for a pass rush, he he either draws a double team or he's getting by the guy. And even if it's a double team, he's getting by the guy. Like he's he's really good. But Jordan Dominic, so another transfer. I mean, all these transfers, man. Jordan Dominic, he gets the sack. 
He gets the force fumble. He picks up the fumble. And then Arkansas goes down and scores on a 32-yard touchdown from Trey Knox. So, it, I mean, the defensive transfers, Dwight McLaughlin and Jordan Dominic, come up with the two biggest defensive plays. Jaden Hazelwood, the transfer receiver, catches a touchdown. I mean, this Arkansas team, they figured it out in the transfer portal. I think they're going to end up – I mean, these transfers are going to end up being the key players for this team this year, aside from, you know, your your usual suspects like K.J. Jefferson, Ricky Straubberg, all those guys. Right, Alex? I mean, yeah, those guys. And then you also had Landon Jackson had half a sack. Um, Terry Hampton seemed to be in the backfield all the time making big plays for you. It was a really impressive game from all these transfers. Uh, and then, you know, even, you know, keeping a guy in town – that, that seemed like his career might have been done with the Razorbacks. Had a huge freshman season, really didn't do anything as a sophomore. I think uh, someone said that he matched his 2020 receiving total just in this game alone. You mentioned him. Trey Knox is, is huge for this team. He, on a couple third downs, you know, he had one over the middle where he got slammed on both sides and was able to hang on to the ball on a, on a big third down play. Um, and he was able to come up with that. And then, you know, Tim Tebow was over in Old Main uh, before the game. I saw that, but I didn't know he was going to be coming out on the field uh, for that jump pass right before the end of the first half. And you know, great play, great play call, in my opinion. Heck of a catch from Trey Knox to go up and get that one. Uh, seemed like it, it almost fell apart, and he was able to go make sure that it was secured. Really, really like him at the tight end position, especially now given the depth that you have at wide receiver, him being able to go in, be an athletic tight end that's willing to block and, and able to get open and make plays with his hands. Just a, a, a really nice addition to this offense that, that, you know, he was there last year, but he wasn't really there last year. He's put on 15, 20 pounds of muscle. Now he looks the part and he's able to go out and be the part. So um, I was in, incredibly impressed with his performance Saturday. The the jump pass by K.J. Jefferson was one of my favorite plays from Saturday. <clears throat> it's one of those examples of, like, Arkansas has those plays, and it's just when the offense is just so boring at times, you're like, hey, let's break one of those out, you know. Um, but the funny thing about that play was I'm, I'm almost positive Trey Knox said that he could not see the ball until it got over the defender, and then it just kind of, like, fell into his hands. So um, that was just – it was a great play. It was one of those plays where it's like, okay, this connection of Knox to Jefferson, is it's going to be good. I actually said on this podcast that Trey Knox is going to lead Arkansas in receiving touchdowns this year. So I'm already I'm already looking pretty good on that prediction. So he had, he had two on Saturday. I predicted him to have nine. So, I mean, if he keeps up this pace, he's going to have quite a bit of touchdowns. Um, but I, I, like, I like what I saw from Arkansas offensively. I liked when Malik Hornsby came in the game. Uh, they did do the little double pass thing, and then he decided to keep it. But I like how he was running routes. There were two routes that Malik Hornsby ran. One of them was definitely a wheel route. I couldn't tell what the other one was. Both of them, he was open. Like, he got behind the defender. KJ just did not have enough time to let it develop a little bit more. Malik Hornsby is a weapon. Like, he is – because when he, when he is on the field – there's so many different things that he can do that a defense has to watch for. And so that's just another thing that a defense has to prepare for on top of the fact that now they know that Trey Knox is a really good tight end. They know Jaden Hazelwood's good. They know Matt Landers is really fast. Now you have to prepare for this backup quarterback who, first of all, he's probably faster than anybody on your defense. And second of all, he can throw the ball. 
I mean, it's it's just Arkansas has made this offense really good. What we got to worry about is the defense, the secondary, the D-line getting pressure consistently. Linebacker you're looking good at. I mean, Bumper, Poole, and Drew Sanders are going to be really good. I thought Chris Paul played some good time. Like, he he, he played valuable minutes. Um, I think overall, this is, this is how you wanted the first game to go. You wanted Arkansas to win. You knew it was going to be a battle. And Arkansas won. The only thing that really stinks is that you came out of this game and you might be missing two very valuable players on top of guys you already have out in Tarian Carter and Dominique Johnson. We don't know when Dominique Johnson is going to be back. Marcus Henderson's hurt. Like guys who may or may not be playing when they come back. I mean, Dominique Johnson and Tarian Carter would. Now you're missing two more valuable players. And so that's going to hurt Alex. Yeah. If you can get, if you can get through South Carolina, you're resting your starters for, you know, probably at least a half of that Missouri state game. You're, you're telling them, Hey, jump out early, get on them, give, give us a nice enough lead to where we're able to uh, give you guys a break. And that has to be the message from the staff going into that game. You don't want to look past uh, and you're not looking past South Carolina, but you do have to get guys healthy because you have a uh, and you have Alabama, you have, you know, BYU in that stretch as well. So a really tough slate of games coming up after Missouri state. Um, you have a chance to make a statement in the SEC this week. So that's, that's certainly, you know, the main priority, but getting guys healthy for the rest of the year will be equally as big in my opinion. Um, before we finish, cause we're running a little long. I do want to hit the special teams real quick. Um, Cam little still really good at kicking a football. Jake Bates. I mean, five touchbacks. So that's what you want from your kickoff guy. See you later, Vito Calvaruso. Let's just bring in Jake Bates. And that's what Arkansas did. And it, it seems like they didn't miss a beat there. So that's great. Uh, Max Fletcher, though. Um, where did where where did the this guy can kick the ball 20 miles high go? Because all he kicked were like line drive, 26-yard punts that like sometimes it got a bounce and a roll. I, I, I was surprised that they let him punt it six times and they didn't bring in Reed Bauer for one punt. Were you a little surprised on that, Alex? I, you know, I, the starting lineup screen at the beginning of the game was kind of interesting. There was a lot in it that was not necessarily correct. And then even the PA announcer kept, you know, Reed Bauer, Reed Bauer on the punt um, every single time. So you kept thinking, oh, oh, I guess they're giving him a chance this time. Uh, no, he's a true freshman and it was his first game. So there may be a learning curve based on what he was used to. Um, I'm not writing off Max Fletcher yet, but I do want to, I want to see Reed Bauer punt. And then I also want to see, you know, what, what this team was seeing in practice because you have to 38 and a half yard average, isn't going to get you a starting job in the sec. Most of the time, especially when you have a guy like Reed Bauer, who's on the Ray guy award watch list. Um, so there has to be more there that, that we just didn't see in this past game. I want to see Max Fletcher again. I was really, you know, special team guy. I cover recruiting. So it was an interesting pickup, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. I ended up, it was winter break. So I ended up getting an interview with him really quick, but I do want to see what this staff, I, I want to see his full potential is, is I guess the way I, what I'm trying to say. I want to see what he's able to do. I know that, that he has the potential to be a great a great punter for Arkansas look at his brother he was his brother Mason was fantastic for Cincinnati yeah um I just I want to see Reed Bauer get a shot and then maybe let Max come back in later in the season as his nerves settle a little bit 
I think that, first of all, I mean, Max, we know he's got the intangibles. Like, we know that this dude is going to be good. Do you think that maybe it's just because his brother was playing on the other side, his parents were in town for the game? Like, I maybe that factored into it a little bit. I thought before the game, I was like, damn, it will be really upsetting for his parents to fly all this way and then him not get at least one punt. So after the one punt, I was like, oh, okay, they, they got their money's worth. They saw both their kids punting against each other. It, it's a, a cold quit type um, story. And then, you know, he kept punting. So maybe he's the best option. We, we a lot of times as fans and media will – immediately jump to the oh this guy needs to be starting but there are always circumstances that that isn't that that aren't visible to the public that that make things a little bit tougher of a decision for a staff so um that's something else to consider i'm not i'm not out on max fletcher at this point i think he he has what it takes he also as interesting as reed bauer was uh, in, in the trick play special teams category last season Max Fletcher, you know, his dad's a professional or was a professional rugby player. He provides a little bit more in terms of being able to do um, so, some quirky things from the staff. So uh, if he can get the, the actual punting aspect of things down, then uh, that's something to look out for as well on, on a fourth and short situation. Let the let the rugby kid get out there and go go take it to for the first down. All right, well, that's going to wrap us up here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Starting tomorrow, we'll be looking ahead to South Carolina. We're going to talk to Sam Pittman today, go to practice today, and we'll give you all the information on that tomorrow on the Gridiron Hogs podcast.